Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thanks for joining me. I'm always thrilled to have you listening in, taking part in this conversation, because The Love Code is all about upliftment. It's about transformation. It's about healing. It's about opening your heart and tapping into the infinite potential that we have within us. And when we have these conversations, they always seem to have such a power to open us up, to elevate us, to shift our focus and consciousness so we can live in our life in a more connected way. And uh, my intention is so that you can be more in a place of peace and love as you go through your day, as you go through your week, and as you share with other people. So that's my intention for the show. And as always, I have great conversations and wonderful guests. And today, I have another really inspiring guest. And um, we're going we're gonna to be talking about um, God has infinite frequency with my guest, John Masters. And I, I just want to share a little bit about him. Jonathan Masters developed a lifelong quest to understand the nature of life and the universe. The markers of his inward journey include learning and teaching meditation under the guidance of Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Writing God has infinite frequency aphorisms for a fractured age is his way of sharing his inner light and expanding awareness. And um, if you are curious about where his journey began, and he likes to say his more traditional journey and more traditional roles, he's also a has been a father, an entrepreneur, an inventor, an amateur musician, and a professional consultant. And his most recent and beautiful book, it's it's an inspirational book, it's a piece of art as well, is called God Has Infinite Frequency. And uh, we're talking to Jonathan Masters all the way from Switzerland. So it's my pleasure to welcome Jonathan to the show. Hello and welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Cheryl. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. One of my dear friends who has another radio show had you on, and she always shares the people who inspire her the most. So that's how I found you, and she just thought you would you were just wonderful and that you would be great on the show. So I, I, I always trust her opinion <laughs> and I just jump in. And uh, I have to say, it's, you know, just learning a little bit about you and looking at this beautiful book that you've created along with <clears throat> several other artists, uh, you, you've put, um, you've created an experience. You've created an experience. Your book is an experience. So, uh, let's talk about your journey, Jonathan, because uh, I don't know much about your journey, but we're all about to find out. I'm sure it's a really a fascinating story, and it's always a healing story to learn how people journey through their lives and arrive at uh, that sense of purpose and passion and that spiritual dynamic. So, So tell us about your journey. Well, thank you. I, I want to provide a context here about the book is a, has a title and a subtitle, right? So the title is God Has Infinite Frequency. But the subtitle is also important. 
aphorisms for our fractured age. And I think that that's our context in a way. Many people are feeling and experiencing inward and outward fractures. There's, there's such, there's so, po- so many polarities that we're experiencing right now. And in a way, that can be a horrible experience, but in a way, of course, ultimately, it can be a transformational experience. And it is a transformational experience, I suppose. And, and the direction of that transformation, I think we have some control over. But back to, in me, in a sense that, you know, I, there's two or three major things that happened in my life, which I think added to my sort of awareness, right? One of them you mentioned, which is that I learned to meditate and I became a teacher of the transcendental meditation technique and participated in those programs. And that gave me a grounding in uh, just an inward silence. But there's two other very, very important things for me also, and one of which is a journey um, with what I broadly term the right use of will books. So there's a series of books that were channeled by C.N.D. Rowan, which um, in a way were inspiration for this book because they're experiential. You read these books and it's not about reading. It's about what happens. It's about the vibrational uh, experience that you have and and the healing that ensues. And then I also worked with um, several people, but one or two in particular, around, uh, you know, healing and bringing in more cosmic awareness. And I had some amazing experiences. And so along these, along this time, along these journeys, I would be also, as you mentioned, sort of going through the world and doing professional this, that, and other thing and having a family. And um, I would just see things sometimes. It would be like, aha. It would be like this reflective, like, aha experience. Like, just like, Seeing the, the the nugget of some <laughs> of something, so I began to write all this stuff down over many years. And at one point, I felt like, oh, this this can be a book. This this would be wonderful because I'd love to share these with other people. And through uh, a process of refinement and and then also connecting them with art was very important, as you mentioned. The two artists in the book are just amazing. They're very different, but each of them has their own. Uh, incredible contribution. Um, one of them was an Iowa-based artist, although she did a lot of showing around the Midwest, and someone who I knew personally. And, and the way she uses color, and it's just, when you say frequency and these colors and how they work together, it's amazing. And the other artist um, uh, is in, uh, was Swedish, but living and working in D.C., and she's just amazing with her. She's more of a um, sort of social activist and stuff. And so her, her work is more representational. And so it works very, very well with some of the aphorisms about sort of looking at particular issues that we have and, and understanding the spiritual insight that you can gain out of them. So you, it's a, it's collaborative work and you bring in the, inspirational words they bring in the the creative expression through their artwork and and i'd I'd like us to talk about this this title that you have god as infinite frequency that's an interesting title jonathan what what is 
that title all about? You know, I, I'll tell you where it came from visually. Like for me, like one time I was thinking about if you had a tennis ball and just like thinking of it going between two, two walls, going back and forth and back and forth. And you could see it bouncing off one wall, bouncing off the other wall. And if it went fast enough, it would be a blur. You, you couldn't see it. You, you would just see like this blur. Now, it, it turns out that if it actually went fast enough, if it was infinitely fast, it would not only, you couldn't see it, but it would be located in all places. And that's, that's the thing, that's the idea, uh, concept behind. If something has infinite frequency, it's actually at all places at all times. And that's, we say God has infinite frequency because God exists in all places and, and at all times. And the first aphorism in the book, um, kind of it, that is the book's title comes from the first aphorism, which is God has infinite frequency. But in each entry in the book, um, there's also some commentary. And I want to just read that commentary for you. And it's also um, framed in a beautiful photograph of a particular flower that's found in Switzerland. Um, she is, God has infinite frequency. She is everywhere at once, at every time at once. At each point in time, God's truth is the highest, most complete truth available. At the next point in time, that is again true. God is timeless and reborn each moment. So for some people, this would be a comforting understanding. For some people, this would be a revolutionary understanding. And the understanding of God, I think whoever has any concept of God, no matter what that concept is, that concept forms a kind of foundational belief for them. It's a foundation. God is the ultimate for them. That's what we mean by God. God, whatever it is, he is, she is, whatever it is, is the ultimate. And that person's kind of concept of life and that person's belief system. And so if you began to kind of um, shake or transform that fundamental belief system, that foundational belief system, then everything else will begin to change also. And that's kind of the access point of this book. Each, each of the aphorisms, I would say almost all of them, are, are looking at some fundamental belief, some fundamental thing. A lot of it's unconscious that we have, that we're walking around with, that frame how we see and experience the world. But as you begin to transform those fundamental beliefs, then things can open up. You begin to see the world in different ways. In this particular case, you would understand that that God is a that life, God, consciousness is a recreative experience, that it's new at every moment in time. And that it doesn't mean that old truths are not true. It just means that um it's a regenerate it's constantly regenerating. 
And if you understand that, and if you can live that, you're going to live a very, very different life than if you're thinking that um, things are fixed and nothing's going to change and just, you know, it is the way it is kind of thing. And I think the greatest um, strength for those who are on a, a spiritual path, you might say, it's 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 this a belief that we are we our frequency is changing as we change as we change through changing our environment through changing our diet through bringing in more peace through meditation through so many things spending more time in nature it's going to change our frequency it's going to change our energy field we're going to have we're going to vibrate in a new way and that always will alter our perception of what is. And isn't that the name of the game? <laughs> to continue to expand the perception uh, uh, of what is. <laughs> right? If that makes yes, sense to yes. you. I, I, I would say that is a symptom or a result. And that the core thing that's changing is our understanding and, and incarnation of ourselves. And that it has to start with ourselves. It has to start within. It has to start with the strength and the power and the manifestation, meaning incarnation of who, who we are, what we are, how we understand ourselves. And a lot of the aphorisms in the book point, it's, it's all about pointing inward. It's about starting with oneself, starting with the silence and understanding that oneself is is ultimately not our, um, you know, house or clothes or hair color or eye color or whatever, or our personality or whatever. It is some deeper sense of truth. So let's let's talk about this concept of um, a fractured age. What 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 do you mean by that subtitle? Well, I mean that um, I, I would say on so many different levels. <laughs> it's just about it seems like everything. I mean, the the most obvious and outward thing is our political, at least in the United States. And well, it's not just in the United States, of course. It's it's in, each, in any, every country has their own thing, and then in the world there's this thing. There's just people on different sides. There's people that are are um, feeling not anything about what's common, but what's different. They're demonizing each other. And this, so this is a fractured situation. And, um, but, but I believe that that comes from, again, an internal fractured, fractionation, you could say. And I'm going to bring in another very big concept here. And this concept um, really derives from this teaching of the right use of will. But I'm going to read another, if I can find it quickly here, another uh, aphorism here. And what it says is, the most powerful social action we can take is to call back home our lost or rejected parts. The most powerful social action, social action means, you know, like 
post-test, the external, trying to change the external. But the most powerful thing we can do is to start at home. Because what you're seeing on the outside, you think it's outside. It is not. It is not. It is inside. And what's happening now is that parts of us, and this is the commentary, are out there creating chaos and destruction. You think it's some other person, but if you feel, and the key to all of this stuff is feeling, feeling what it feels like inside for you, feeling how that external destruction is feeling, the horror, the the dismay, the pleasure, whatever, whatever you're feeling about it. And through that process of feeling and integrating is where that wholeness is going to come from and where that Uh, external reflection will actually change. So what it says is we have all felt conflicted within ourselves about how we feel, how we want to act, about who we are. Remember the times you denied you were afraid? Oh, I can't be afraid. I'm too macho and cool for that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or stuffed your rage or pretended that our feelings don't matter? Maybe you experienced the the result of these denials internally, confusion, chaos, and pain. But there are also times that we do not remember. And what we see in the world right now is our denied rage and terror being acted out by disconnected parts of ourselves. What we see right now in the world is our denied rage and terror being acted out by disconnected parts of ourselves. Some parts are in other bodies or on other planes. It does not matter. It is time to consciously call all those parts home. They have a story to tell and they are ready to listen. They are ready to be heard. So this This ground of consciousness, bringing wholeness together, is also a state of evolution that is ready to happen. That's what I'm saying. These parts, they're a source of strength and wholeness for us. Sometimes they are the teacher. Sometimes the young children wanting, needing, desperately to come home. As they've been out, away for so long, lost. With clear intent and feeling all the way along, you can be reunited. And it just ends again. Social justice depends on internal wholeness and balance. Wow. I have so many thoughts from what you just read. And um, I want to just share, I want to start off with um, a conversation I recently had for one of my other shows, an interview with a guest who had a diagnosis of Lyme disease. He almost died from Lyme disease. He had such a chronic condition. For 10 years, he he suffered with Lyme disease. And um, when he was telling his story, he was pretty much um, at the end of his tether and uh, came close to death from Lyme disease and hospitalized and just had all sorts of debilitating symptoms occur in his body. And he decided he was just going to go out into the desert and just 
face what's going on and heal what's really going on behind this debilitating disease that he had. So he spent, uh, he said it was the sixth day that he was out in the desert by himself. And he was uh, filled with immense panic attacks. His, it was overwhelming, this fear. Part of it is from Lyme. Part of it is just his own his own fear. I'm Probably all of it was his own fear in the end. And he just had this, you know, overwhelming fear and panic. And he really was looking at this and looking at his disease and this bacteria that he thought had, you know, taken his life. And he uh, shifted, something shifted inside him. And he began to have compassion for this form of life, right? Uh, called a Borrelia. <laughs> call it a, you can call it bacteria, but it's life. It's part of the, 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 the infinite frequency. And he entered a state where he honored and, and, and opened his heart to, 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 to that part of creation. And he said he felt this overwhelming sense of compassion and uh, it, it was a profound experience. After that, he said he was healed of his Lyme disease. But in that journey to get to that place, he said, he needed to dive deep into all the suppressed emotions that he had, you know, unresolved anger towards his father, memories he didn't even, you know, existed early in life of, of hurts and wounds, whatever that was. And he had to dig deep and create opportunities to discover what was the dark side, the unresolved side in within him that was manifesting as this enemy of his body, Right. And it was a, a, the most an inspirational story because after doing all this inner work and outer work and then the culmination of arriving to this profound moment, which wasn't a thought, it wasn't, you know, I would say it was a true spiritual transformative moment of opening his heart and seeing that this thing that he hated was all part of the one. And that was a moment that, he healed his line. Never, never had it again. Hmm. It's a beautiful story. Thank you. But he, yeah, I, it was very inspirational, and it just sounds, you know, just fit into what we were talking about because it's it's a journey. It's you know, you can't it's you can't intellectualize healing the wounded parts of us. You have to dive in to the pain and into the, the the inner world to understand what we're even talking about. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, in a way, Marshy articulated this in, a, in the broadest sense, which is that if, if you take these different polarities in life, and this, this could be fraction, what we consider fraction, <laughs> fractures right now, or just just the normal polarities, you know, male, female, black, white, up, down. What is the what are the the two most extreme polarities in 
in uh, experience as one grows. And those two are silence and activity. The silence of consciousness, the beingness, and the phenomenology of the ever-changing world. And those are the two irreconcilably different experiences. If How can one be absolute, beyond uh, manifestation, silent, full, but, but non-manifest? How can one be that and at the same time be in a changing, ever-changing, colorful, loud, up-down world that we're going through all the time? The two experiences are irreconcilably different. But there is only one thing that can pull them together, that can make them one. And that is the expansion of the heart, of love, of the ability. It's, it's only the heart that can, that in which these two, <laughs> these two polarities can simultaneously exist and be understood and lived as one. And as that experience grows within us, it actually changes our state of consciousness. And and that state is a higher state of consciousness from, you know, there's he, he articulated different different levels of consciousness. But anyway, this is um this is an important part of what's happening and it's it's Exactly what you said is you, you go in, it's a feeling, it's a feeling, it's a, it's, a, it's a comprehending that everything is part of one through an experience of expansion of heart, of, of love, of acceptance, of seeing the whole. So, Jonathan, these are inspirational words or inspirational truths of great wisdom but I'm very Taurian <laughs> so <laughs> what are some practical steps or tools that are really required to navigate through this time of change of of our you know everything is changing you know, and it's very scary. And uh, when you jump into the unknown, it's always uh, it's always a you know a, a fearful place because you can't um, you don't control anything anymore. So we need tools and we need ways to access uh, that inner guide to help us. Through not only to help us through, but to really help us understand the opportunity to to deepen our our spiritual awareness. So, what are some of your words of wisdom? How can you know for people listening and they go, "Look, this, this I really want this. <laughs> it resonates with me. I, I don't have it. <laughs> what do I need to do? What would you advise and guide people?" to do on their path. Thank you. So I am offering a pure incarnation of a vibration that was been has been through, you know, fire and, and transformation of its own. And this is this book 
God has infinite frequency, aphorisms for our fractured age. And this, to me, and through, like I said, a lot of deep experience and a lot of action to make it the way it is, is what I'm offering right now as access point for this. It is, it, it, it vibrates that. <laughs> it is that vibration. And I've been, you know, as a me, as a person here, I, I made this thing. It felt great to me. And I had, didn't really know how other people would respond. Everyone has a different path. So I don't really know what's right for any particular person. But what I've found is that people are responding to this in an amazing ways. They just say, wow, this really, I can feel this. I take one a day and I just, um, you know, use that as my theme for the day. And I just allow myself, I sit with it. I allow myself to feel it, to go into it. And as you said, the art, the whole thing about the artwork is it's kind of like right brain, left brain, right? How we perceive and understand the world is through, we have a, a right side and a left side. One's more male, one's more female, one's more analytic, one's more sort of intuitive. And, and, but both together are, act, are stimulated, I could say, by um, the aphorisms and the, and the uh, phrases in this book. And so that is what, um, that's kind of my offering at this point for people to, to access that. So what you're saying is that the book is carries a frequency, <laughs> carries it is a frequency, yeah. and it's, it is an intentional yeah. frequency, and it's the frequency that you that you were inspired by. You you got the creative inspiration to put this together to make it happen, and that just going through because each page is you know is, is a meditation in itself. You know, it's a visual exactly. meditation because the Paintings are all pretty amazing, but then there's these statements, these truthful statements right. that are something worth pondering throughout your day, and that yeah. and that is a you know that that's a that's a portal, right? That's a portal to a different state of consciousness if if people choose to use it in that way. It is a portal. You know, it's really it was my honor to to have to be a creator of this book but i really feel i was a a co-creator yes it's my book but i was you know it's sort of like i said somewhere in it it's like it's mine but it's not mine it really feels like it has its own has its own life and it's it's not only the art but it's just how the whole created process was it was you know something that seemed beyond my individuality <laughs> you know um Art, whatever form it's in, whether it's a you know visual artist or with poetry or words, it is um, is fascinating process to me because it's like you are a transducer of a frequency into a form, right? You I like that. Into transducer. something, you're inspired. You like that? <laughs> I'm gonna use that. Well, well, that's yeah, good. Carry it on. But in, you know what I mean? It's like it's like we take the we just have an impulse. We have a there's there's an impulse, and and we become the vehicle that manifests it into some form, and uh, and then can share it. And 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 
and yeah, it carries a frequency. If people just look at some of the photos, they can alter our brain. You can alter our perception. Right. You can alter, you know, uh, many, many frequencies. Because this concept of frequency is so interesting to me, Jonathan. I, I work with a lot of frequency technologies for healing. And, uh, you know, amazing technologies that are operating in this world of energy and frequency and information, which is becoming more common now. We hear it much more frequently than we used to in, in many ways, in, in many forms. But for me, it's uh, also very true with the healing arts. We're talking more about frequencies and, I, and the technologies that I've been working with, which I can use these technologies and work with frequencies, balancing frequencies or harmonizing frequencies to people anywhere in the world, <laughs> right? It's no longer right. having to be in, in my office. We now understand, I guess it's in our understanding, and then it manifests in the form, right, that uh, we are able to vibrate frequencies into the field. And when you understand this, then everything becomes a frequency that can be vibrated into the field. You can um, put the word love on a jug of water, and you are vibrating a frequency of love into the water that also is a carrier of frequency that you drink, and you're getting mm. that frequency as well. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I think there's some Isn't it? When I hear this I feel like wow, there's just so much we don't really understand. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> because there's more to learn. <laughs> there's more passion, more wonder. One more more wonder for us. Yeah, you know, and, and I think this is where meditation is really important. So you've been a teacher of meditation. We've been very involved with the Maharishi Yoga Center. Talk to us about the importance and the role of meditation at this point in time. Or maybe it's always been an important thing for um, us at any time. I want to actually, yeah, I want to expand, take that one step further, actually, if you don't mind. I want to talk to a, a new concept I'm calling new. Um, I'm coining it in a sense called spiritual health. So it's not so new, but but I think we haven't focused on it. We we know about physical health. Um, we have an understanding of that and what that is. We we talk about emotional health, psychological health, mental health. And, of course, mental health is, is more abstract than physical health. I mean, you know, how do we deal with that? It's just more abstract. But and one level beyond that is I want to call spiritual health. And I think we, we need to have... To, to bring that into the conversation, the worldwide conversation of what it means to be healthy, is that there's some, that we need a concept called spiritual health. And um, I don't have the end all and be all about what that even is, but I have some sense of it. And it's, it's kind of, it's parallel to your question about like meditation, because what does it mean to be spiritually healthy, right? It means that for me anyway, that um, one has access to an internal state of peace, that that from within ourselves, we are not um, 
polarized in that sense, that there's a unifying creative silence within us. And that forms that spiritual health, that spiritual connection to the divine within us, forms the basis for the rest of our life and for the rest of our health. Like the guy with Lyme disease, he sort of got connected on a more fundamental level and was able to uh, experience healing on the external as well. So I feel like that's an important thing for us to begin to ponder and understand because right now um, we're sort of wired with patterns and and um, what I call sanskaras from from our past lives, from our present life, whatever. It's just you know things like um, the simple example would be something like you know I, you go to an intersection when you're little and, and some car comes and you're scared and your mom is like oh get out of the way. And and then now, you know, many years later, still, every time you come to an intersection, you're like, oh, you, you have this fear. And that's a that's a kind of samskara pattern. And it's not that it's it's different than learning that when you go to an intersection. Yeah, you got to look both ways. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some deeper kind of wounding that occurs that somehow you're fundamentally not OK. And that this this, you know, situation could could harm you that you're not that you're um it's beyond your capability to deal with so um we go through life with many of these uh, conscious and uh, mostly unconscious kind of uh, limiting patterns and i think that through meditation through this book through good like what you said other good health things you you can can um giving yourself time giving yourself time to feel and go inward, that these things can be first become conscious and then be healed. And it's very important for how our um, our quality of life. Absolutely. And uh, it just reminds me of uh, a quote, which I, I'm not going to be able to quote it exactly, but the essence of that of a quote that I read that really resonated with me is that um, we're distracted by the outer world. So our busyness keeps us from knowing who we are. And by being quiet, by reflecting, by, um, you know, whether it's meditation or whether it's spending a week in the desert by yourself or whether it's walking through, uh, you know, nature, it just lets us be... Uh, drawn back into the self because um, I mean that's 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 the real connection that's the place where real healing happens and um, that I think that to me is one of the gifts of any type of meditative practice it just brings us back into a quietness within us rather than the externalized busyness that is really just projections of of right. our thoughts and our fears, right? So um, exactly. well, the, having quiet time. Fears, you're good. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say, I, before we went on, it's, it, what you said there is key. It's the busyness, we think, oh, I'm busy, whatever. But actually, it's about avoiding feelings and, and fear and, and others. And it really, the key is around feeling what's going on. Feeling yourself. 
Right. And you have to slow down <laughs> to do that. You have to be more right. of uh, reflective. You have to breathe more. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You have to be mindful. You have to slow your eating. You have to spend time and watch the flowers grow. <laughs> whatever. Um, whatever. Right. You know, we create those spaces wherever we are. But when when you really want more peace in your life, when you want to have healing in your life, whether you are dealing with a physical challenge or emotional challenge and people are wanting to get out of the pain, they have to slow down. They have to stop their busy external world and, and investigate, explore that inner world because that is where answers are found. Right, right. That's where healing is found. Because it's these these feelings which are integrated. It's these aspects of ourselves which have been fragmented. Fragmented internally, and as I said before, some of them actually externally. I've gone through several processes of integrating parts of myself which which were not in my body, which were either in other bodies or coming from other planes. And this is a very important experience. And this will come only through that access point of, of um, going in and, and feeling it and, and using your mind also and consciousness to, to um, kind of have the intent with clarity of intent is important. What is your intent? So, I, so I'm, I'm wondering, Jonathan, if, if you would you be willing to share an experience where you you had that kind of insight and healing? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yes, I will. Thank you. I'm going to think of... <laughs> I wouldn't be able to this question. So I'm, I'm sure you have many to that. choose from. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm going to say two different ones, which are very different. And um, the first one is I just, I became aware, and I was doing healing work, but I became aware of some aspect of myself that was in a little girl. And this is, I was in the U.S., actually, I was in Iowa at the time a little girl, and maybe she was 9 or 10 or 11 years old, in Italy. And she um, was very, 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 very unhappy. She wanted to come home. And she knows she wasn't at home in a, in a fundamental spiritual sense. And so she actually um, committed suicide. But in in doing that, she was brought home, and she was part of me. And I welcomed her with compassion and love and openness and understanding. And in that healing, for both of us, there was a reunion. There was a an, uh, a relaxation, a a kind of um, 
like a piece was you know, of me was all of a sudden there and and put in place where it needed to be and her that essence that part of her that was you know me was was also a feeling of course uh, finally at home and finally at peace wow so this experience was yeah and you can't it's it's beyond one's comprehension that that you know from from a normal perspective like wow what was that that the other one um i want to say that i was kind of taken on a journey on a ride uh, all of a sudden i was able to kind of move through the universe in a different way <laughs> like just just through spot i was i was uh I don't know, able to like go through the, you know, expand different places. Anyway, through that whole thing, I came to this, this vision, this place. I call it a place, call it a vision, call it whatever. I don't know, but it had a name. It has a name. It, it turns out to be an experience that is uh, recorded in the Vedic history called Haranyagarbha. And Haranyagarbha is roughly translated as the golden egg of the universe. And it was, it was this essential, primal experience of love and existence. It was this golden egg. It was like a zillion stars, but it had a golden glow and it was kind of oval shaped, whatever. And the information came at that time also that this experience was eternal. It was there. It's always been there. And the information also was that we there's there's part of us i guess you could say that that is not manifest it never has been manifested and never will manifest it's this underlying um haranyagarbha this experience of, of universal love that exists within consciousness Well, what an amazing, what an amazing gift you received to enter that state of consciousness, to, or I would say, to access that frequency. Yes, thank you. It was quite a gift. It was amazing. And and Jonathan, was that as a result of um, meditation practices that you were doing? You know, causality is tricky. <laughs> you can quote me on that. Causality is tricky. <laughs> is there what, one what? thing that does it? <laughs> gotcha. I would say yeah. it was the result of everything. So it's hard to... Yeah, there I, would say you, you pre- I would say you prepared yourself for a long, long time um, maybe longer than we realize, and then you were right, and that moment arrived. Exactly. How does I that sound? Good, that sounds correct. <laughs> and then, and then it, it popped, <laughs> and you popped into another frequency. <laughs> yeah. How beautiful! What a gift! You know, uh, to tap into other states of consciousness and other realms. Um, it's pretty amazing. I, you know, one of my guests uh, who lives in Japan, she's 
it's American, but Japanese. And then she uh, had an awakening. She had an awakening. She went to a spiritual workshop. She had an awakening. I guess you might say she opened up her third eye. And she told the story on, on one of the podcast interviews where she could start seeing things that were there that she couldn't see in her previous state of consciousness. But when her third eye was open, she saw other things and other dimensions. And one of the things that she saw, being Japanese and being a part of that culture, she actually saw dragons. She saw dragons. She said she was flying in an airplane one time and looked outside the window and there was a dragon flying alongside her. (laughs) But, I mean, it wasn't like she was hallucinating. She was entering another frequency where these other beings exist and it there and they exist and they're that's part of the japanese spiritual culture you know so she culturally connected to that uh, it was an amazing you know story right, she was right, sharing right. because it was so out of her normal state of consciousness and when she opened up yeah. to that, that that ability, she could see things that others had, you know, culturally had been recorded throughout time, but everyone thought it was just a mythological being. But she said, no, it isn't. It actually does exist in, as a spiritual frequency. Pretty interesting, right. wow. I think. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Or just like you going to that Vedic place of, you know, eternity, immortality, of love, you know, that, wow, you know, just makes you want to go in and read your book <laughs> and tune in to these <laughs> frequencies, Jonathan. <laughs> good thing for your book. I mean, if, you know, why not? Anything can be that moment that we prepared for when we just yeah. find ourselves popping into that other, you know, frequency. Right? Right. Yes. Yes. Like I said, that's why I find people's stories. Yes. Psychotality is tricky. I mean, people's stories are, are very inspiring because um, each of us, our lives are a creative work of art. As I see it, our lives, not one person on this planet has the same experience in life. So we're all unique pieces of creative, you know, manifestation. And I I find that so fascinating. And I love hearing people's journeys because everyone has their own unique creative expression of how they are learning and healing in this lifetime. Everyone's doing it differently, and it's right. pretty interesting. I, like, I, like, I, I just like, you know. Now, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and the more kind of uh, relaxed and holistic we are and we become, the more we can be creative and the more that we um, – I just – there's another – I, I want to – maybe getting towards the end, I want to quote one more thing, which is that um, – I want to find the right one first, though. Um, it basically, that right now is is just the beginning. That 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 we um, 
don't really understand uh, the differences that we have because we don't have the unity yet. And um, yes, here it is. So um, this is another quote here. It's, it says that once we experience our unity, our differences are no longer a threat. And this is important because right now differences are threatening. But that's because there's no basis. We're, there's no foundation. We're not in unity. Unified, we can safely express ourselves. And if you think we are different now, <laughs> there are many souls and many aspects of souls that have yet to manifest through the judgments and misunderstandings. What do you think all those bar scenes in Star Wars have been preparing us for? (laughs) (laughs) There are more aliens out there than the aliens we meet down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. We're incredibly, there's, so we we have just what you said, very, you know, we're different artists. We're going to paint different things, create different works of art and all that. But the, but it but it needs to be based on this um, kind of connection with wholeness within. Yeah, yeah, and uh, according to many great spiritual teachers, uh, wisdom of astrology. Uh, you know, there's some Vedic scholars on. <clears throat> Everyone is saying the same thing, essentially, and that is that we are living at a moment of, of profound transformation and have a potential to access these other states of consciousness, to access other frequencies, if we want to call them that, where we can realize the great power that we have, that great heart, that great love, that is the love of the universe, if this is a moment when, you know, it's sometimes pressure is what's required to bring that into being. But if that is our focus and that is our intention, if we surround ourselves with those frequencies through your book, through music, through nature, however you do it, um, it's it's feeding that energy that is available. That's this moment in time. <laughs> uh Absolutely. makes you know makes possibilities happen right right so Jonathan, any last words of wisdom before we have to bring this uh, inspiring conversation to its conclusion um thank you very much I very much enjoyed our conversation and uh, God has infinitefrequency.com <laughs> if you're interested in more information on me and the book and whatever. Is it, is it, is it, wait, is it dot com or dot org? Either one, actually. Okay, because I want to be sure that people know where to go. So it's the website is God has infinitefrequency.com or dot org. Yes. I just want to make right. sure. Okay. Um, I just, I don't want because people, people can look at... Go ahead. No, we want people to go to the right I place. I was just saying, I don't have to do with .org, .com, whatever. 
But yes, it's Scott has different frequency dot org. Okay, because uh, you have some of this beautiful artwork and these aphorisms there as well, so people can get a taste of them. And your book is a beautiful gift for people, for themselves or for others. This is the kind of inspiration that we are needing very much now. So I want to thank you for that frequency, Jonathan, that brought this into being, that brought your beautiful book and the inspiration that it holds into being. And um, and just thank you for that dedication to the journey and the path of service that you're on. Thank you. I Thank you. I appreciate that. So uh, well, we've come to the end of another wonderful, timeless conversation. I want to thank Jonathan Masters for being with us today. I want to thank all of my listeners for being with us today. And I trust that these conversations continue to tap into that knowingness inside you and opening your heart to the love that you are. And as I always like to say in this show, may you be filled with love, peace, and harmony this week. Bye for now. Amen.